Hi, I'm Rick Hines, writer of the Red Opera, Last Days of the Warlock, and this is Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This podcast is sponsored by Frog Eyes Incorporated. Need ingredients for your latest potion, oil, elixir, ointment, filter, tincture, or tonic? Frog Eyes has the region's widest selection of beetle stings, newt's ears, troll blood, crocodile tears, dragon thorns, fairy wings, gnat warts, horse antennae, jabberwocky breath, and cheese. All the tabletop roleplay news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild for All Players. Russ has ever... It is a complete delight to be here. And we have a special guest this week. We do a very special guest indeed. Our guest this week is Travis Vengor from the Dark Dice Podcast, which is about to launch its season two. And we have mentioned this podcast on the show before because this is the podcast that somehow, miraculously, managed to persuade none other than Hollywood star Jeff Goldblum to join them for their second season. I I heard Jeff was like super keen to be on it and like came to non-bended knee. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, we've all heard different stories about this. Maybe Travis can clear it up for us. But anyway, hello, Travis. Hello. 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 Thank you for having me. It's it's a lot of fun. Our our, our second season will continue with episode two coming out this Thursday. This is super, super exciting. I can't yeah. wait to start talking to you about that. But first, yeah, no. we have got so much RPG news to cover this week. No, it's, it, been, it's been one of those... We've had yeah. like a few weeks where we've been like struggling to find some news. We've been thinking, and then suddenly oh, this week is awesome. so much. And then suddenly it's like all of the news. I don't even know where to start. There's so much news. Uh, let's start with the big stuff or should I start with the small stuff and work up to the big stuff? What do you Ooh, reckon? Throw us in a little could- thing to get us started off. Oh, yeah, we'll build it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay then. So we'll leave the D&D stuff till last and we'll start with something smaller. Well, even even the small stuff is fairly big. Mm. So, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim Ward, you know Jim Ward of Deities and Demigods fame. He yes, wrote, yes. Uh, wrote yes. that book back in, back in the day. Mm. He used to work for TSR. You guys did a yes, great interview right. with him. Yeah, yeah he was uh, clearing out his um, garage mm. and he found a manuscript in... His garage. And he dug it up and he looked at it and thought, oh my, this is my first ever typed manuscript for wow. deities and demigods. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so he put it on eBay. <laughs> oh. Why not? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I understand he's got medical bills and all sorts of stuff to oh, cover. So, so um, yeah. Why not? Makes sense. So, 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 so he put it on eBay and within like a couple of hours it hit, hit, uh, hit twelve thousand dollars. There's pictures of it. It's a, it's a pile. It's about an inch inch high of. Um, I think it's single sided. You know, uh, this is like a. Yeah, it's a, an old typewritten type manuscript on, a, on an actual typewriter. Yeah, yeah it's not a typewriter. It's a typewriter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, back yeah. in like the seventies, wasn't it? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, uh, twelve thousand pounds for an inch of paper. Twelve thousand dollars for an inch of paper. You're mm. getting on for like. Magic the Gathering card money. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Well, this uh, this story has a sad ending. Oh dear! Oh, no. So the following day, yes. he uh, he he took out his his manuscript to have another look at it, and he suddenly realised that it in fact wasn't the original. 
It is, in fact, a photocopy of the original. Oh, oh no. I know. That must have been devastating for him. Damn. I mean, he must have been so disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. obviously, he's taken down the auction. Yes. Yeah. With, a, with an apology. And he says he's going to put it back up. For the for the photocopied one, you know, saying specifically yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a photo. And to his knowledge, it's still the earliest representation of that yes. text, to his knowledge, but he can't guarantee it, but it's not the original. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, so we'll see what happens there. Here's to hoping he can get up that high again, though. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know. I think just it being original, I don't know, a photocopy, I'm not sure it'll do so well. We'll see, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wish him the best. I hope it does. Maybe the only Ooh. photocopy in existence. Maybe. Uh, it, it's the, if it's the earliest exist, extant copy of that major text, then yeah, I don't see what the problem is, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right, we but, shall see. Yeah. There were, there were so, some companies that threw out like original paintings back in the day. They'd get like, uh, Dave Dorman told me like he would draw these things for G.I. Joe and they would just yeah. throw them in the back. Really? Like, oh, what? Uh, <laughs> wow. That's like the BBC taping over the originals of Doctor Who episodes. Yes. <laughs> which, they've, which they've now spent decades trying to recover. And they send people all around the ro- world. Who, mm-hmm. Their job specifically is to recover sort of archival you know, VHS cassettes from people Ooh. off in different countries and things that just happened to record it. Oh, yeah. Archiving of media. Bit rot is a yeah. real thing. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's- but, but it's kind of like back then, me, sort of like the storage space was actually an expense. Yes. And it was in their interest to, 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 to you know, to yeah. record over the tapes. But nowadays, storage space is so cheap. You can't mm. imagine doing that, can you? It would be wild. Yeah. It is... It's is, is sad, really, in a way. Keep it on the cloud or somebody else's computer, as we like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, so anyway. uh, Critical critical Role. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, you know, they had their big finale for season, for campaign two last week. I, I'm told it was like seven hours long or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, we covered it briefly last week. Yeah. So it was a big seven-hour finale. So they've just announced they are yeah. going to do... A new eight-week-long campaign. Oh, nice. Um, so this isn't part of their big sort of uh, major season. So this is kind of Ooh. like a, an intermission campaign, I guess. So it's eight weeks long. Okay, yeah. It's starting on June the 24th. Yeah. It's called uh, Exandria Unlimited. Exandria oh. being the world in which Critical World is set. Wow. Okay. And Matthew Mercer is not the DM. He's one of the players. Oh. Exciting. Which is interesting. Oh, oh, such a rare chance to see a DM actually get a chance to play a thing. <laughs> yeah, <happy>. I'm jealous. <laughs> well, well it's, it's, he, has, he, has, he has been on things as a player before. Um, um, uh, Chris Wyden last week yeah. was actually telling oh. us about how he appeared on a charity stream for him, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, that wasn't the Haunted West. It was the other one that Chris was running. Mm. Yeah. The hmm. I think the Harlem Bound stuff, yeah. Anyway, possibly, possibly. Yeah. But who 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 who's going to step up and uh, DM for Matthew Mercer? That's so I'm not I'm not I'm not super familiar with these people, but no. if you're into video games, you might know their names. Okay. Um. But so we've got uh, and uh, I may pronounce them wrongly. I'm sorry. <laughs> Aubrey Ienga is the is the DM for the show. <laughs> then we've got <laughs> Amy uh, Carrero, who is currently playing the lead role in the Shira cartoon. Ooh, nice. Oh, uh, we got uh, Robbie Damon, uh-huh. who is currently the voice of Marvel's animated Spider-Man. Interesting. Oh, and yeah. other 
other animated stuff. Uh-huh. We've got Ashley Johnson, who is the uh, co-founder of Critical Role, and Liam O'Brien, who is also one of the main Critical Role folks for the from the main show. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah, so this is this is launching on June the twenty fourth. That's, that's, that's really is, that's coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two days, two days before my birthday. So I can tell you, I can tell you it's a Thursday because my birthday's <laughs> on a Saturday. So. <laughs> nice. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, might, I might give that one a listen, to be fair, because if it's only eight episodes, it's, it's not so you, daunting to dip into, is it? Yeah. It's not like, yeah. well, there's 400 hours of content that you have to listen <laughs> yeah, to. If yeah, any of the rest of it's going to make a sense, I'm like, nah, it's okay. They've also, got, they've also got a sort of what you need to know before you start listening website up. Oh, that's oh, great. Which, which is really useful. And it's just like <laughs> a page of basic information telling nice. you telling you a few basic facts, which is I, kind of I, useful. I should probably read that anyway, just so that I'm less completely, obviously out of touch when people talk about critical role. <laughs> Unless I can blag it more. and like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's critical role. Oh, yes, that's, uh, that's where the thing happens. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I assume they've got <laughs> a, 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 main, anyway. a main season three in planning, I guess, for but afterwards. But yeah, but yeah nice, nice to have like a little bit of a summer break mm. and some fun for that. Yeah. 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 So would you like to hear about the D&D movie or would you like to hear about the Marvel role-playing game? Ooh. You're going to hear about both, Ooh. but which would you like to hear about first? Yeah. D&D movie, I, I, I can't... There we uh, go. Yeah. D&D movie it is. Okay. I'm biting so, here. My nails. It has started filming. <laughs> it's filming in uh, Northumberland, England at Annick Castle. And it's a, the castle was built in the 11th century and um, it's been in loads of films and TV shows, like some Downton Abbey interiors were shot there and I think Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves used it and there's like loads and loads and loads of stuff. Yeah. Harry Potter's used it. Um, so have you seen any of the set photos? No, no. I, I saw a banner in one of the set photos. Oh, that castle, castle is beautiful. So that's the, that's the castle itself. Yeah. It's actually a, a castle that's actually occupied as well. It's, huh. uh, it's one, of, one of the few castles that uh, people still actually live in. You know what? Do I see a wizard of Thay? Uh, maybe? I, I see the Have... tattoos, but they're wearing black, not red, so it's confusing. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, no. I'm not sure what he is. So we've got, we got a tattooed man, well, a bald tat- man with tattoos all over his head, wearing Looks black got, got with a, a sword. Spider effect going on there. Oh, maybe. He's yeah. a spider. Yeah. And he's, that's obviously a stunt man or a stunt coordinator he's, uh, he's with there. Yeah. The guy's wearing jeans. And <laughs> guy jeans. Unless, unless the Forgotten Realms is like a bolt further than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the fight choreographer. There's yeah. a certain amount of uh, the spider feet, the spider web theme continues onto the armor and there's a nice bit of um, lamella skirting as well. Yeah, maybe oh, he's a drow then or something. Hey, that's possible. Probably. Yeah, maybe. But he, he's, yeah. he's got a peely wally look to him, as they'd say up north. Yeah. Well, if you scroll down, you can see the banners that have been hung on the castle itself. Yeah, nice. So got- that one on the right with the three yeah. circles. Oh, yeah. So the blue, the blue pennant, yeah. That is Neverwinter. Yeah. Well, that's the, uh, I don't know what the other two are, but that okay. one is Neverwinter. And then we have, yeah, so you've got also a blue pennant banner with a diagonal white stripe across it and three three circles yeah three circles with, 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 with like three stars inside them yeah yeah, yeah. So that's, 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 that's the neverwinter um symbol but i don't yeah. know what the the, the the you see the red one with the sun in it yes yeah, so you've got a quartered uh was it looks like vermilion and orange banner mm. which looks a lot squarer with a uh, many pointed yellow sun 
We'll yeah, get so I'm guessing that's uh, it, that's probably a holy got, symbol it, of some kind. It looks like it's got a, a sort of a familiar a similarity between the two badges, as it were, of the mm. uh, circle with the star in. So perhaps there's some sort of relationship there. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I can't think out. of a, a deity that would fit. Um, like or some you know, kind Paylor. of sun god. It's the wrong Ooh, pantheon. That'd be uh, Greyhawk. Yeah, mm. don't know. Yeah, it might be someone's personal banner. Uh, someone yeah, associated with problem. Neverwinter. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I guess we'll find out at some point. I mean, there's a whole load more um, photos as well. If you want to look through them, if you click on the yeah. on the the link in the article, but yeah. I, I picked I picked out the two best ones. Oh, absolutely. Best. So we that got, is we a got beautiful some... picture of Ornick Castle. I was a bit confused because I have actually been LARPing at a castle in Northumberland. I was like, yeah. have I been to Ornick? But now I've actually been to Featherstone, which is also very nice, but it's more of a stately home. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So that, that yeah. was the D&D movie news bit of the, uh, the show. We now yeah. have to move on to the Marvel news. Yes, let's. The Marvel role-playing game has come out. Yes, so it got announced this week. Literally, it got yes. announced while we were recording last week's yes. podcast. Yeah. And uh, we finished the podcast and I opened up I opened up the internet and it was like it was everywhere. It was uh, and, and like we we just like say, Marvel, we're sorry, but if you're going to get onto the podcast, you have to do it in a timely fashion. <laughs> like we, we don't wait for anyone. We start we start prompt, we finish prompt. So if you don't make it the cutoff, then that's for you. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so they've announced the Marvel multiverse role playing game. Yes. It's going to be produced by them in-house. Yes. It's not licensed out. Yes. Using their own system, a Marvel system. Yes. Uh, and it's called the Marvel system, and the attributes are might, agility, resilience, vigilance, ego, and logic, which spells out Marvel. Oh, Bactron and Tastic. Yeah, yeah, clever stuff. Uh, it's being written by Matt Forbeck, who has a, a very, very long CV in yes. the uh, RPG industry. Um, and it uses a system they call the D616 system. Yes. Yes. Oh, 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 actually, I know about this. I know about this. Oh, it's because it, it's because this universe is supposed to be universe 616. Right. Oh. So, yes. so it's, a, it's using a D6 as opposed to a 616-sided dice. Fortunately, some nice people who are good at comics explained this to me because it was like, that seems like a very... A dice will be very hard to roll. It will just keep rolling for a long time. It's happy to stop. This will make the games very long. I, I mean, yeah. think of the tables. So, so it's not actually a D616. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a reference to which universe Marvel says this is. Right. Yes. Okay. There you go. Gotcha. gotcha. Hey, I contributed. Well done. Feeling, well I'm done, Peter. Smart if, you yes. were, if we weren't on Zoom, I'd pat you on the head. In as condescending a manner <laughs> as I possibly can. Okay, we'd get you a step and everything. <laughs> I'm curious what this ego statistic is, though, as well. Um, if I, I was looking at, they're very much like the D&D stats. Might, oh. strength, agility, oh. dexterity, resilience, constitution, vigilance. Wisdom. Wisdom, logic, oh. intelligence, ego, charisma. Maybe? Seems strong. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I can't help but feel that we're missing something, because that's... No, that's six. Marvellous. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Marvelous is the apt word there. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, there's going to be a playtest game coming out in March 2022. Okay. Which is quite a long way off. Yeah. So we'll find out for sure then. And then um, the actual full release is scheduled in 2023. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And they have also, they have confirmed that you can play your own characters in this as well as existing Marvel characters. Because there have been, there have been Marvel games where you couldn't. Yes. So uh, uh, I'm hoping for a... 
Ooh, D6 dice pool game uh, where you can have a variety of stuff. Maybe something with a bit of crunch to add something exciting to the superhero genre. And it's probably, and by probably, I mean, it definitely has to include a sliding power scale to accommodate the fact that you have Hawkeye and the Hulk <laughs> kicking around in the same universe, <laughs> often on the same team. <laughs> and you're going to need some yeah. way of representing that. Yeah. yeah. That's a balancing yeah. act. It's like the hero system where you've got back in the older days before we had, I guess, this new Marvel system. You have to yeah, figure out like, each, each, each score doubled the one before. So <laughs> yeah. it was like an exponential system, yeah. That, that really worked, that system. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one back in the day. Well, was it? No, DC Heroes I'm thinking of. No, sorry. Um, DC, yeah. In DC Heroes, each... Mm. So if a score of two and a score yes. of three was twice a score of two and mm. a score of four was twice a score of three, so it kind of exponentially exponential. expanded yes. yeah that's exactly yeah. exponential yes that's, that's, yeah. that's what exponential actually means <laughs> yeah. good time <laughs> yeah. and what about the hero system then hero system was like a uh it was a bit of a point buy if i remember correctly and mm -hmm. it did have multiplier a multiplying faction uh, i think oh, if you nice. did uh certain combos and they could yeah. you could basically come up with almost any combination of abilities you wanted and yeah. it would Ooh. kind of balance out based on what other people had and that was kind of fun yeah, it's very I mean, complex, wasn't it? The hero system. It's a bit like GURPS, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, well, GURPS isn't that complicated. You just have to choose the right rule set, <laughs> and that's all just rolling three d six. That's what many that's people have told me. So I can't really argue with that. Yeah. But yeah, we should get somebody on to talk to us about superheroes and the various different sorts of superhero system at some point. If only that was happening next week. If only that was happening next week with Shane Stacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> timely, <Such> timely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, the Blue Rose RPG. Oh, yes, yes. So, the Blue Rose yeah. Adventurer's Guide is on yeah. Kickstarter at the moment from yeah. Green Ronin. And Green Ronin's uh, Blue Rose game is, they call it a romantic fantasy RPG. Yes, yes. Romance is... Um, heavily, uh, a really integral part of the game system. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, yeah, features lots of LGBTQ plus, uh, yeah. possibilities. Yeah. yeah. So I think, uh, when, when you say, um, romantic fantasy, it doesn't mean like necessarily romance in the sort of rom-com kind of sense. So romance can be sort of political or social or it's like a whole sort of range of diverse sort of um, uh, social kind of um, social yeah. system yeah wow. that, 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 yeah so um, the social system is like very heavily featured definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah I'm as intrigued. you say it's, uh, there's a lot of diversity and representation as well yeah which so, is nice. yeah so that's on Kickstarter right now. Hmm. So anyway, okay, let's, ju let's jump into the D&D news then, shall we? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, is, that is the biggest, biggest news of the week. So mm. uh, last weekend, two products yes. appeared on Amazon. Yes. Before, before oh. they were officially announced on the Monday. I, I, I mean, at this point, you have to say this is just part of the marketing strategy. It's, not, yeah, it's clearly because, not leaks. Yeah, because yeah, because when you looked yeah. at the description of them, it literally was an advert to tune into their live stream mm. to find out more. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's some there's some thought going into this for sure. I, I, I think at this point they've decided, well, Amazon is just going to leak our stuff, whatever happens. So we might as well make it like part of our marketing strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that. 
Yeah. So, so the two books, yes. the two hardcover books, and the yeah. first one is called Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and the other one is called uh, Strixhaven uh, Curriculum of Chaos. Oh. So which one should we start with? Um, well, I personally don't know a lot about it as it's a Magic the Gathering setting, but I am quite excited by what they've got for Strixhaven. That, that looks like it would be a good one. Okay, so let's do that one first then, shall we? So Strixhaven. Mm. <laughs> so, the cover is very cool as well. It that. is cool. It has, it has a, a owl person mm-hmm. on it. But uh, so it's a Magic the Gathering setting, as, as you yeah. said. It's a brand new Magic the Gathering setting. It only launched like March or April this year. So mm-hmm. even for Magic the Gathering, it's brand new. And mm. basically, as far as I can make out, it's pretty much D&D's take on Harry Potter. So you've got this largest well, university in the multiverse divided yeah. into these six colleges. Like, Harry Potter is the best example of an IP with magical witches and wizards and so forth. But I would like to say that there have been quite a few other people <laughs> who have had magic university as yeah, part yeah. of the thing. Like Japan has the market. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you got you got Patrick Rufus, name of the uh, name of the wind. Oh, who was it that wrote the Mildred Hubble books? I don't know. Do you remember the Worst Witch series? No idea. Jill Murphy, that's right. Okay. Yes, uh, and there was also a TV series of those uh, hmm. back in the early two thousands. So okay. there you go. Yeah. Well, so this this Strixhaven, so it's a magic school. Yes. It's located on a plane called Arcavios. Okay. And it's supposed to be the most elite university in the multiverse. And there's five colleges, each of which was founded by a dragon. Uh, and each of them basically has a different uh, theme, I guess, different uh, different focus. Are they based on like magic card lands, like fire, mm. etc.? Um, oh, I think they're based on colors. Yeah. yeah. So okay. sil- silver quill, white and black. I don't really mm. know what magic colors are in Magic the Gathering, but silver quill, white and black. Mm-hmm. Prismari, blue and red. Oh, they're mixed. Witherbloom, black and green. Uh-huh. Norhold, red and white. Yeah. And Quandrix, which is green and blue. I see connections here. It's exciting combinations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, people who know about mm. Magic the Gathering will read more into that than I than I know. Well, well essentially, if you imagine the colors as a sort of a pentagram, one color will tend to have two opposing colors. Right. And two vaguely complementary colors. So it feels like they're doing things with, because I'm pretty sure blue is opposed by red and green. So it looks like they're yeah. doing that sort of ooh, messing well, around. Is, we, we, do actually, we do actually have a bit of a clue, because also there yeah. was an Unearthed Arcana release this week, yes. which is called Mages of Strixhaven, and it tells you exactly what these colleges are. So we don't need to guess. We do not need to guess. We can just... <laughs> Okay. Well, so, I, 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 I mean, it does, it does really start to make you wonder how are they playtesting this in a book that is basically finished at this point? Well, the Ravenloft playtest stuff was only like three or four months before the book came out as well, though, if you recall. Yeah. I mean, the three new ancestries or heritages or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember what, uh, lineages, I think. Um, I- I begin to wonder if they're playtesting these things at all, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I imagine they're just kind of catching last minute issues. Mm, maybe. maybe I don't know. Yeah. But these these five think. these colleges, so they're okay. each represented by a subclass. Yes. So Lawhold is dedicated to the pursuit of history by conversing with ancient spirits and understanding the whims of time itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. 
Prismari is dedicated yeah. to the visual and performing arts and bolstered with the power mm. of the elements. Nice, nice. Definitely. Quandrix, study and manipulation of nature's core mathematical principles. Uh, Silver Quill, the magic of words, whether encouraging speeches that uplift allies or piercing wit that derides foes. Sounds bardic. Yeah, it does sound bardic. Rhetorical, really. Got mathematics, rhetoric. And Uh, then Witherbloom, the alchemy of life and death and harnessing the devastating energies of both, which sounds Ah, necromancy-ish. I have a favorite now. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's like um, all your favorite classes in school plus necromancy. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, oh. you know, you join this school and you have to choose one of those colleges. Which one would you, would you go, you'd go for, uh, you'd go for Witherbloom then, would you, Travis, the necromancy yeah. one? Or yeah, you no go way for about it. That'd be awesome. What about you guys? Uh, oh, I don't, I'm tall. Uh, um, I like the idea of the core mathematical principles one. Hmm. Mm, that is a strong one. Yeah. I, I like the idea of just like, I always like the idea of like magic actually being science that we don't understand. Well, Almost like a Doctor Strange-ish uh, from the film anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, 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 that is literally science. So it's like. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, we just got There are underlying principles to it. Yeah, we just don't know yeah. what they are. Is the, yeah, yeah. A way to explain the universe in a different fashion. Yeah, no, yeah. that's very good. Yeah. Hmm. I yeah. think it's one of those things where at different stages in my life, I would definitely have gone to different different things. Mm. Uh, I think currently, if I was to enter as a mature student, I'd probably go with the College of Rhetoric. Um, the Bardi one. What they called it. The Bardi one. Yeah. Silver Quill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I could <clears throat> see this as being really fun. I also see just like a bunch of spinoff variants where people are playing this mm. as like, again, I, I think of anime because there's a lot of mm. magical right, right, schools right, yeah. in anime. Yes. <laughs> It'd be quite, quite fun. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting that it's a mage school. Yes. And these are five subclasses, which are each related to magic. Is everyone playing a spellcasting character in this? Is everyone playing a wizard? It's like Silverquill, presumably a bards, I would guess, maybe. I don't or know. Or very chatty wizards, perhaps. Or very ch- chatty wizards, yeah. Is, uh, is, is it literally every character is going to be a spellcasting character? Uh, have you got space for clerics and druids in there? I don't know. Um, life and death sometimes so. covers that. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Life and death would indeed cover clerics. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. often druids, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I, I could see there's see. some subclasses that are magical based, um, even within like the fighter and, uh, you know, rogue. They've mm. got, uh, the uh, base. Elder Knight, nice Arcane Archer, that sort of thing. But yeah. does even, does even a magic school need fighters and stuff? Well, you know, maybe as part of a day release program. <laughs> so, like, you know, four, four days you're busy down the dungeon, and then one day a week you get off the go and see the magic school. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that seems very reasonable to me. Hmm. That's basically all we know about this one. We've got the cover, which I, which I find quite charming. It's um, sort of very gothic stone arches, which are, for some reason, they filled the archways with bookcases, mm. which, which, quite frankly, I wouldn't do. That seems like a dreadful place to book space to me, but um, <laughs> please yourselves, chaps, please yourselves. Um, <laughs> with like a little gargoyle familiar looking very woebegone, clutching a pile of scrolls. And there's a couple of students, one of whom is waving their hand as a naked flame around, which, quite frankly, amongst all that dry paper, I personally <laughs> think that's going to be some sort of health and safety issue, got to say. And there's a... there's a, uh, And in light of that, there's a suspiciously flammable owl 
uh, owl person who's just sitting there blissfully unaware of the dangers of feathers and uh, flames yeah. sitting next to a candle. Yeah. But they, they, they do look quite thoughtful uh, and for some reason quite smug as well. So this one has got, got a release date of November the 16th. Yes. It's hardcover. Yep. But we'll find out more when G4... Mm-hmm. It was a video game. It was a video game cable channel or something about... Uh, yes, I remember that. That was actually really... Like a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah, they're back yeah. again. They're, they've been resurrected and this is one oh. of the things they're doing. So anyway, they're doing D&D Live 2021 in July, oh. which is going to be a big live-streamed event and they're going to um, they're going to reveal more about it then. Yes. Good times. Yeah. So that's that's the first one. That's not the only one. Quite exciting. Yes, there's another the one, one, isn't there? The yes, other this one. one I'm super excited about. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. This one's September, so this one's before Strixhaven. And uh, this is a Feywild adventure. And it's for characters level one to eight. Mm-hmm. And the cover has what looks like a circus on the front cover of it. Mm. And do you recall Folk of the Feywild a few weeks ago? couple of months ago, maybe, which was uh, another Unearthed Arcana playtest document. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. And that one had, had a fairy, it had yep. a hobgoblin of the Feywild, mm-hmm. it had the owl folk, and it had the rabbit folk. Oh, yes, yes. The rabbit folk was very popular mm. and made a lot of people very, very happy. Yeah. So that, I guess, is possible. That might be a clue as to what we can find in this book. Yeah, well, I've got to say the, the cover does have a certain something to it. Seems very heavily circus-themed due to all the big tops. Mm. Uh, presumably some sort of ringmaster clutching a pocket watch that clearly has have some you, sort have of Have you got the full cover-art spread there, front and back? I, I do, because on I the don't. back cover is one of my absolute favourite things. It looks like a, a giant butterfly mouse of some kind. Well, that's a bear. Butterfly mouse? A bear? Oh, or maybe a lion? Oh, it almost looks like a, like a displacer beast with butterfly wings instead of... Uh, Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, and it's got like, yeah, so, oh, I see why you think it's a mouse, because that long tail. Mm. It's just, it's got the, that definitely has a mountain lion look, head look on it, but it's also got more butterfly wings along its along its, spine. along its tail, yeah. yeah. Along the yeah. first bit of its tail. If you, see oh, the, I, I, if you scroll I mean, down. It looks like it's going to be meant to be ridden. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. If you scroll down, you've got the alternate cover. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, and there you see that looks like a displacer uh, beast there on the alternate yes. cover. Which uh, is the sort of like Black Panther-esque with the uh-huh. barbed tentacles. That's mm. got something. But then on the back of her again, it's leaning into that uh, butterfly theme. Mm. Well, that looks more like a maybe a dragonfly, butterfly staff. Yeah. Yeah. Very Almost a bit of a Rorschach. Uh, maybe. Yes, yes. Maybe. Is that Feywild related? Us. Butterflies or dragonflies? Mm-hmm. No. Um, well, Displacer Beasts, are they? Yes. And Rakshasas, uh, are they... No, you said Rorschach. Oh, sorry. What did you say? Yeah. As it, like the visual uh, blotches that kind oh, of can, can right, mean yeah, many yeah, things yeah, yeah, to whatever yeah, you uh, see yeah. to it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like an ink yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The back, so, right. back does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it fits the, the aesthetic because uh, the Feywilds mm. are, are very subjective and they change based on what you're, mm. you know, seeing yes. and feeling. And Ooh. I, so I'm what very do you, into that kind of abstract. What do you see when yeah. you look at that Rorschach pattern then? What do you see? Uh, I, I did see the dragonfly uh, butterfly. So like a... The kind of the hybrid of the both. So you've got mm. a dragonfly shape, but with the mm. colors and wing angles, I guess you'd say. Yeah, of, yeah, because it's got four wings. See, what I'm yeah. seeing is I'm seeing a key when I, I can also it. see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can so the first thing, that's the first thing that jumps out at me. 
Or potentially some sort of blade with a unusually shaped guard, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Like a wand. <laughs> yeah, what wand? Uh, and I was thinking staff because uh, if there isn't, if there aren't magical items which include like a wand of butterflies, then quite frankly, I I will be dreadfully disappointed in this book. But yeah, uh, I notice it's a what's it one a le- levels one to eight, I believe. Is the adventure. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I wonder if that means there's going to be a second part to it. Because generally, mm. D&D adventures go up higher than eight, don't they? Yeah, they normally stop in double digits. Mm. Mm. The heist one didn't, I don't think. Well, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, it went up to five. Yeah. But then it did have Waterdeep Dungeons of the Mad Mage, uh, which went from five to 20. So mm. I wouldn't expect anything to hit level 20 yeah. for this, but yeah. So I'm just looking uh, at the back, back cover text of it. And it talks about the witch-like carnival that appears once every eight years. Mm-hmm. And it's owned by Mr. Witch and Mr. Light. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a gateway to a fantastic Feywild domain. Interesting. Which is interesting. Uh, which they refer to as a Feywild domain of delight. Which is interesting phrasing because Ravenloft are the Ooh. domains of dread. Yeah, so you think there's a sort of a conscious echoing there? Yeah, maybe. They're going to expand the D&D multiverse in that fashion? Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm quite curious. I, I, I find the Harlequin figure quite interesting. They've got someone who's wearing sort of Harlequin pattern clown costume, but they appear to have a very strange, small, two big jester's hat as well, mm. with several, I don't know what you call them, cones, arms, mm. and like uh, bells on the end. Yeah. what else? Have you seen this Eddie Wick Tumblestrum stuff? The videos? I have no. not. No. So, no. on the Wizards social media accounts, they've been featuring yeah. each day a little, a short little video. It's like a minute long or so. Yeah. Featuring, uh, it's live action, but um, it's a character called Eddie Wick Tumblestrum. And this is, uh, she's a bard from the Magic the Gathering D&D set, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. And she just drops a little bit of information each day. So the first one was announcing it and saying mm. when the release date was. And, and, um, but it's interesting that it's very pitched at, I think, I mean, this is my interpretation at kids, these, these videos. They're kind of like, I can imagine they're being pitched at sort of like 10 or 11 year olds. Mm-hmm. Especially when you, the tone of them and the look of them and the sort of voices that she's using and things. I mean, maybe, maybe that's not the intention, but that's the impression I'm getting. I have to say it is very like you're, you're listening to a storyteller, um, yeah. like as a child and you're, or, or possibly you're being entertained at a carnival. Maybe. As maybe. the other. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Peter? Well, that, that, that was certainly amusing enough. Uh, I am. Oh, goodness. It's just started repeating. I, I find it uh, quite amusing that the official D&D person going through and explaining stuff also has about the same approach and knowledge of what the various things are as we do. <laughs> like, oh, these covers seem nice. And G4, there's some people, I guess. <laughs> some sort of dragon chest notation. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. But you see what I mean where it's pitched at kids like that? feels quite... Does that make uh, sense? Yeah, I yes, can absolutely. see that. Yeah, I, I, I'm quite looking forward to their YouTube channel where they're reading various stories out. Yeah, yeah. Read, read loud with Eliwick Tumble Strum or yes, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that'd be a good laugh. But if that's, I feel like it's a do- halfling name too. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the, the pointy ears, I think, uh, are probably pushing me toward, towards elf or half elf. Mm. Um, that's where you're coming from. Yes. Yeah. But I think when I first got into D&D, I was 11. 
So yes. that is the age to be trying to acquire new players. Yes. And that is, you know, if I was if I was doing their marketing, I'd say, yes. right, you want to get people when they're about 10, and then you've got them for life, hopefully. Yes. You know, well, they've released a few books that are specifically targeted toward that market. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. The, the supplemental weapons and, and magic guides mm. that have been really mm. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see that as tying in. I don't know if that means that the actual adventure is going to be targeted a bit. No, I, I not, look, look, looking at that cover, that's not a, that's not a, nah. that, that doesn't say book for kids to me. Right. That says, we're going to do disturbing things with circuses and scary clowns. Fair. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, that's literally on the fruit cover, man. I don't know, I don't know what to say. Um, right. I think we might have finished the news. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. And we can play our favourite game in all the world. The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Woohoo! Hmm. So, Travis, you've not played this game before. I can I can attempt. I'm I'm usually good at improvising sometimes. It's <laughs> told. Shall we let Peter go first, and then Peter can show you how it works? Sure. I, I, I sure. can show you how not to play it. Face uh, <laughs> my track record. Okay. Peter, are you ready? <laughs> yes. Hit me. What have you got? What is yes. extreme meat punks forever? <sighs> extreme <laughs> meat punks forever. Mm-hmm. Well, as 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 all our listeners will know, it does. The feature gratuitous use of the word punk, so, um, okay then. <laughs> meat punk. I, meat punk. We've had every type of punk there is. We've had solar punks. We've had. Yes. Oh, yeah. Anything, anything that you can, you can yeah. append punk on the end of, we've had it. <laughs> meat now punk. we've got punk. meat punk. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm just going to go out on a wild limb here and say it's probably not stuff to do with veganism. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's it called? Extreme Meat Punks of what now? Forever. Extreme Meat Punks Forever. Mm. Okay, so when you call your game Extreme Meat Punks Forever, you are sending certain buying signals. And from this, I would expect it to be a an original system. I'd expect it to be aimed at being relatively rules-light, high narrative, uh, with the chaos, randomness, and I'm going to say carnage, ramped up to 11. Because sometimes people say, well, you know, what, what about if you just go up to 10 like a normal person? Like, no, man, spinal tap. Mm-hmm. I feel that's been a sort of a spiritual influence on them because they feel the need to go up to 11 as well. And what what I'm saying, right, basically, is this is not an entirely serious role-playing game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you play the part of these meat punks who... Um, the hell is a meat punk? Extreme meat. Well, I'm not sure what a regular meat punk is, but an extreme meat punk is someone who's super into the consumption of meat whilst at the same time themselves being meat. And they're really tapping into the whole meat boy computer <laughs> oh no, game. made of meat. <laughs> in a world made of meat and sharp grinding things for inexplicable reasons that they're throwing themselves at, through, and into. So I expect it to play like paranoia, but with um, even less regard for health and safety. Did you say the words, a world made of meat, just now? I I believe that phrase was uttered. So, you live on Meat World. (laughs) What? (laughs) Which is a planet made of the dead body of a god. 
And you oh, use its flesh to make yes. meat max and fight to survive in a world of old gods, monsters, and worse. Uh, I mean, quite frankly, it's it's basically saying if necromancers made flesh golems to fight inside, <laughs> then you'd be there. Yeah. So this is powered by <laughs> the apocalypse. Yeah. They're uh, not an original system, but it's rules light. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a tabletop RPG about found family, queerness, and gigantic robots made of meat. Be gay, pilot mechs, kill Nazis. Is the uh, is the tagline for it? The question. The questions are, as I hope you've already clicked away from it as we speak, is how much is it, and when does the Kickstarter? Finish? I have not clicked away from it because ah. I knew you'd do that. Who are you and what are you doing with the real Russ? <laughs> so the digital version <laughs> is 15 of your English pounds. Okay. And the uh, physical version is yep. 35 of your English pounds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That looks pretty good. Yeah. It's done well. It's, uh, it's funded. It's uh, already funded. So um, hey. it's got, two, it's got three it. weeks left to go. And nice. you did say a world made of meat, Peter, so I am okay. going to give you half points for that, so I'm going to give you 500,000 points out of a million. Oh, well, thank you very much. Well done. I have a mountain to That's climb good. here to beat that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a high-stakes game. Yeah, yeah. Right then. Are you ready, Travis? I'm ready. I'm going to choose one. We're going to go with... We can't go with Blue Rose Adventurer's Guide because I already told you what that was earlier in the... Um... Does it have to do with romance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're going to go with... Ark, colon, doom. Ark, colon, doom? Ark is all caps, colon, then doom. Uh, D-O-O-M, to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh <clears throat> Man, Ark. I can't remember if that's related to the video game with the dinosaurs, uh, if that's actually their their brand is all caps. I'm trying to think this through real quick. Because that's the one where you have, like, dinosaur minions. Um, Codon Doom. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I might embrace that. I might embrace that. Because they, they seem like they might kickstart a game. Uh, it's it's probably a, a third-party license to make a... Codon Doom. Uh, an RPG system for the franchise Ark. Uh, which is the dinosaur thing that I mentioned before a few times now, because uh, mm-hmm. I'm really leaning on the word dinosaur. It's all I can think of with Ark, <laughs> unless you're like Noah, and this is you know the doom of the world and the flood waters are rising, and you're just like you must get all the animals on this boat. That's your mission. Uh, but I don't think there's a a biblical group out there that would do well, that well, during Pride. Has, has, as you haven't played it before, I will, I will double check. How are you spelling Ark, Russ? A R C. Oh, wait. Hmm. Shucks, I don't remember. Uh, it, it seemed mm. only fair because it it, it yeah. is a homophone, so yeah. No, uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that is a fair question. ARC, not ARK. So, Ark no. Codon Doom. Mm. Uh, yeah, we'll go with an apocalypse then. We'll switch it over to like a Noah's Ark apocalypse. Mm. Uh, you are trying to uh, band together, or uh, it, it's probably going to be a, a fate system. Let's go with that, uh, or, or similar, where you have like D six based. Uh, you're trying to be D10, uh, D10 based, and you're trying to survive the apocalypse, uh, which is maybe always a different apocalypse with a group of players trying to keep your civilization alive during the doom that occurs. And, uh, 
the game continues into the post-apocalypse as you try and survive whatever horrors come at you. Uh, let's throw in the word space, and let's throw <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> apocalypse, uh, doom, uh, codon. I can't think of a codon, like, beyond... Maybe there are drugs that give you uh, special abilities. I'm just trying to reach it. Word pieces that come together, but there you will done, be maybe some sort of edginess to it. Done pretty well. So it is what a cataclysmic got? tabletop RPG yes. where heroes embark on heart racing adventures to slay the apocalypse. So oh. there's a doomsday <laughs> clock counting down to the apocalypse mm. and it's rules light, heavy with tension. And the apocalypse can be, you actually said this, can be different each time. The actual doom is up to you. So it could be like a big battle, the end of the world, or anything. It could be anything. Doom could re- represent anything. So you you somehow guessed that. That was a... It's like a hill house. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of more like a tool, a tool set that allows you to... And, and it, is, um, it is a 6d6 system. Ooh. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I was right the first time before I changed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you switched to D10. You talked yourself out of it, didn't you? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Silly me. But, uh, well, it's you know, doing, that, that seems like a fun one, though. It's doing very well. It's uh, funded. It's done. It had a $7,000 goal. It has currently, it's just coming up to $50,000 with nearly three weeks miniatures? left to go. Does it have miniatures? Uh, I don't think so. Scrolling okay, I was just going to say that's like very low for miniatures. No, there's no miniatures yeah. as far as I can okay. see. Okay, cool, cool. No. But yeah, this looks uh, this is pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to give you true, definitely 750,000 out of a million points for that because uh, you cool. get some pretty accurate details in there. Especially the bit where you, where like the uh, the doom could be anything, the apocalypse could be anything. That was quite impressive, guess that. I, I'm very glad you talked about a dinosaurs. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you would have got if you, if you hadn't talked yourself out of the D6 system, you'd have got four points. Ah, but <laughs> so you talked close. yourself out of that. <laughs> I should have kept with the other system. It was so close, so close. Okay, Peter. Yes. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Go. What is Heliana's Guide to Monster Hunting? Um, how did you spell that first name? H-E-L-I-A-N-A. Okay. Heliana. Um, I am wondering. Well, normally if you're going to call something X's Guide to Y, then I would assume you're playing off the D&D uh, Follows Guide to Monsters, Sanifal's Guide to Everything, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, that sort of vibe. Uh, but in this particular case, I am feeling good about, rather than it being a third-party product, which is trying to tread on Wizards Coast intellectual property, I'm going to say this is a book which is giving you the Monster Hunter RPG role-playing game. So it's all about, obviously, monsters and how you hunt them, and it's going to be full of uh, some nice art, uh, descriptions of monsters, where they lurk, what they do, and... Its aim is to give you a very sort of naturalistic guide to um, where you might insert monsters into your games and uh, give you information about where they're coming from and the sorts of signs and portents that one might encounter before you find them. For so I think it's sort of a supplemental in nature. For an original system, did you say? Mm. Dun <laughs> do I hear the answer or do I not? Do I, I, uh, I might say it's got a lot of potential to be system neutral, to be fair. 
Okay. Uh, for that sort of product that I have described with the pretty pictures and so forth. So, yeah, I'll go system neutral. Okay. So, you had the right answer and you talked yourself out of it. When you said that oh, it reminds you of Wizards of the Coast title oh, yeah. starting. So, it is a D&D 5th edition third-party supplement. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be the next million dollar one. Currently nice. at 850,000 and it's only halfway through. Nice. So these are coming in like every every week or two now, another million dollars. Mm. They're just like coming in constantly now. Um, nice. So what this is, is for D&D 5th edition and it's a whole book just centered around monsters in general. So it's not a monster book specifically, although it has monsters mm-hmm. in it, but it's got uh, three modular rule systems for tracking, harvesting and crafting. Okay. It's got 10 adventures. Mm-hmm. It's got a monster right. tamer class. Okay. Oh, uh, 10 familiars, 40 spells, 50 monsters, 150 mm. illustrated items, and 200 right. random encounters. Very strong. So it's kind of like a mixed bag toolkit, eclectic kind of uh, mixture of stuff. Yeah. And it's doing so well. So well. That is a lot of money it's making. Yeah. Uh, how, much, how much will the copy set me back? So many of these million dollar Kickstarters at the moment. Just like every couple of yeah. weeks is another one. Uh, so so yeah. it would cost you $25 for the PDF and it will oh. cost you $50 for the hardcover. Nice. Probably very pretty, like you said, but the art's amazing. Yeah, the art is gorgeous. It is very nice. I'll have to look it up yeah. after this. Yeah. This is by a company called Loot Tavern. Loot Tavern. Yeah. Okay. They've got back a kit behind them, right? So there's going to be a big, big, yeah, a uh, big advertising <laughs> campaign behind it. Then mm-hmm. that's at least half of these hundred million dollar Kickstarters have back a kit behind them. At least half of them putting in mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands into advertising. But this is their, their third campaign and by far their yeah. biggest campaign. Mm-mm. Right. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, right, so one more. One last one for you, Travis. Oh, I like the look at this one. What is Faye's Anatomy? And Faye is spelled F A E apostrophe S. Oh my gosh. I I see like um yeah, it's it's gonna be some sort of hospital uh sim uh RPG where you're dealing there's a, there's a podcast called Alba Salix Royal Physician where there's like a joke like, oh, well, centaurs aren't covered under the healthcare plan because they've got two spines. So the chiropractic plan isn't really for you. <laughs> I see it as being very much this series where you're going to be playing a doctor or a nurse or uh, someone, a specialist at a hospital and you're trying to... Uh, the A fantasy hospital, of course. But you're, you're dealing with all sorts of injured creatures that are of the supernatural variety and trying to overcome their ailments, whatever they might be. And that just seems hilarious uh, if this is the way it goes. Uh, but I'll, I'll embrace it full through. Uh, it'll be rules light, probably closer to a... Ooh, I don't even know if they'd, they'd have rules. Yeah, eh, hmm, probably for like signs and stuff. So yeah, I'm going with D6 system this time, even though it's probably a D10. I'll, I'll go with D6 <laughs> to embrace the uh, the lightness of it and, and say it's going to be super rules light. Uh, the art's going to be bright and colorful and really goofy. Mm. And uh, it'll probably lean heavily on the comedy side because I can't see it taking itself too seriously with a pun name. Okay. <laughs> you would have scored a million points. Except that you said it's a D6 system and it's a dice disc (laughs) system. So I'm going to knock off one point. So 999,999 points. Otherwise, you are spot on. Um, so oh, yes. what, what are the running totals for us? Uh, what, 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 what? So you have, you have 500,000, I think. Yes. 
Uh, sure, well. And Travis has 1,749,000. No, and 900. <laughs> 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 yeah. With an yeah. actual. I don't, I don't really care. It's just fun to make it. safe to say Travis has more than you do. That's, that's the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was very important. Yeah. So, yeah. so, what this is so, is urban fantasy like Grey's Anatomy or House? So one player is a patient with some kind of supernatural disease and everyone else plays the beautiful doctors that are going to save their life. And uh, (laughs) this just looks really fun. (laughs) So this is, um, it had a $10,000 goal. It's on 15,000 with two weeks left to go. So it's doing really well. So it builds itself as a melodramatic medical mystery RPG. Nice. (laughs) Uh, each patient can come down with one of 10,000 possible diseases. <laughs> Not sure how that works. I assume there's some kind of random generator or something to generate the disease. So everyone else does. <laughs> yeah. So to solve the case, your medical heroes have to steal medications from the pharmacy, make out in broom closets and other heedlessly unprofessional <laughs> stuff that makes science interesting enough to watch on television. <laughs> that's very funny looks pretty good looks pretty good an indie storytelling game wrapped around a sprawling logic puzzle I really like the idea of this one (laughs) tell us more Russ when does the Kickstarter finish and how much does it cost us to buy in uh, it's got two weeks to go Mm -hmm. Uh, you can get the PDF for $10 and you can get Mm -hmm. the physical copy for $30 Ooh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm tempted to back this one. I like this one a lot. The cover has a man in a hospital bed with, like, green snakes growing out of his face. And one of the doctors is a skeleton. And the other do- another doctor is a scarecrow. And there's this cat on his lap with some kind of machinery on its back or something. I'm not sure. Okay, so <laughs> that's the doctor. Odds meets Goldfinger meets <laughs> yeah. uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It looks hilarious. It looks brilliant. But that is the end of our favourite game in all the world. And I do have to declare that Travis is the winner this week. Hey. Travis is the champion. Travis, you get to take home the metaphorical trophy, which is a smug sense of self-satisfaction. I'll put that on my wall. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> A hard day's night battling ice giants on Midgard again. I'll be grateful for a few gallons of meat tonight, Brother Loki. Aye, Brother Thor. I could hear the mountains being split asunder all the way from Asgard. And you, Brother, how was your day? Oh, the usual mischief, Brother, as is my way. You disapprove, Brother? It's just that word, mischief. As you are to thunder, I am to mischief, my brother. I am a Loki, the god of mischief. But are you, though? You speak in riddles, Thor. Surely that is my province. All that I'm trying to say, brother, is that your definition of mischief is a little off-kilter. Off kilter, brother, I assure you, if anybody knows what mischief is, it is I, the god of mischief. But are you, though? I grow tired of this nonsense. Smashing the skulls of those Midgard giants has addled your own brain, brother. You see, 
When I think about mischief, I think about, you know, tying father's shoelaces together, sprinkling salt his mead, drawing a moustache on Hamdale while he sleeps. Childish pranks, brother. My mischief is more godly. Mm, but the other day, you started an invasion of Midgard by allying with an alien army, killing thousands in the process. Ah, yes, an excellent shape. You manipulated our father, Odin, into banishing me for three whole centuries. Oh, how we laughed. Loki, you've tried to kill our parents on multiple occasions. <laughs> Indeed, my wit sometimes surprises even me. You used the giant robot to attack innocent people. Hey, you got to see the funny side. You entombed Heimdall in ice for four decades. Yeah, you'd think you'd have more of a sense of humour about it. You routinely mind-control people, taking away their free will, the very thing that humans value most in the world. That's what makes it so mischievous. You killed Agent Coulson in cold blood. Oh, you're counting my Marvel appearances too? Well, anyway, he got better. My point is, for a god of mischief, you don't get up to mention the way of actual mischief. I beg to differ. And really, it's a lot more in the way of pure, psychopathic, homicidal evil. What are you trying to say, brother? What I am trying to say is that you are no god of mischief. You are clearly a god of murder. Oh, now, now. Come on, that's a bit strong. Maybe my japes go a bit far sometimes. Japes? Japes? I'm talking mass murder. Homicide, patricide, fratricide, matricide, other things ending with side. Fine, fine. It's not like you can talk anyway. Me? What about me? God of Thunder? Yes, that is I, Thor, the God of Thunder. And when's the last time you caused some thunder? Uh, You've thrown that hammer of yours around a lot, but not done an awful lot by way of actual thunder, which, for a thunder god, feels a bit off to me. Well, I mean, uh... I mean, perhaps you should call yourself the god of hammers. Hammers? Well, you know, sod all about thunder. I did that lightning thing with my eyes that one time. Glowing lightning eyes does not a thunder god make, my brother. Fine, fine, if you insist. I will be the god of hammers, if you will be the god of murder. It really doesn't have that same mischievous ring to it, though, does it? If the shoe fits, brother. Huh. What about Father Odin? The god of... eye patches? Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day, and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool. Good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Huh, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just 
pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash Morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. Shall we talk about Dark Dice? Absolutely. And by which, yeah, we should. by which I mean, of course, your podcast, which is just entering season two. And it's a, yes. a horror actual play podcast, which has yes. some really, really high production values. You have orchestras and choirs yes. and sound effects and all sorts of stuff. Do you, you want to quickly give us a quick, I don't know, elevator pitch, quick intro to what Dark, the Dark Dice podcast yes. is? Sure. Uh, the story is very simple. Seven adventurers go into the woods. One of them is known, it seems, as the Silent One, a doppelganger that can take the form and voice of whatever it wants, has infiltrated their midst. As they go to rescue their town's missing children, can we figure out who it is before it's too late? Can you? And then uh, as far as the what is the show, it's part murder mystery, part actual play, mm. of course, because it's very much dice based so it's, it's all part actual play but we cut out the table talk and we make you feel like you're actually there our goal is to make you cry and to make you actually get scared or disgusted uh throughout the show um we deal with all sorts of horror and uh, in a very respectful and inclusive way uh, i myself being a sufferer of a couple things i, I say uh that are in a sufferer in a funny uh way that's in world because um, there's a suffering god uh but we we really deal with a lot of fairly mature themes in the in the sense that make people uncomfortable and that also make it really real and the goal is to find humanity in kind of this dark scary world where uh humanity are not the apex predators um, mechanically speaking i'm i hate my own voice so anytime we have an npc someone else voices it uh we work with some really talented voice actors on that front mm generally obscure ones but i love them and that we work i make podcasts for a living uh scripted ones so I, we know actors around the world we swap out music and re- written our own soundtrack which is incredibly immersive uh lyrics and in infernal and and uh kenya and uh the elvish language and some other languages as well and we also really push uh our our my editing skills to the max hmm. because combat is a slog and we just want to edit it down to the emotional the beats mm, yeah, yeah oh, but you can when you hear that you know it's 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 bone uh, getting crushed by metal yeah, and yeah. uh you Ooh. know the descriptions are pretty brutal so. yeah yeah i mean going back to songs you had like a really amazing piece that you've played for us earlier so <laughs> perhaps, we can, perhaps we can have that here for the listeners now absolutely yeah um to clarify what happened just so you have context jeff goldblum you may have heard of him from jurassic park has joined our cast this season possibly because he he likes the show a bit maybe (laughs) i'd like to think that well well, he's he's been in other things like stuff like the fly as well so yeah not opposed to a bit of horror just can i say something this is definitely a compliment you remind me very slightly of jeff goldblum (laughs) Thank you. It's very I, it's much probably a the ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Um, but we had a moment where we're recording, and his uh, his tablet died, and we had to get it swapped up because um, his character sheet and stuff are on there. Mm. And while it was happening, we just had this downtime, and he just started like humming these tunes. Like oh, I'm gonna, you'll hear it in a second what he'd said, and then. It was just him humming, and we turned it into a big production, like we do with all of our music. Mm. Uh, we got Mike Petrie, who does some Disney stuff, to like orchestrate it, and then we got the other cast to sing along to a song that basically was just Jeff humming to himself, and we were laughing at it because <laughs> it was funny at the time. 
Yeah, so let's let's, nice. let's let's play that now for the listeners, just so they know what we're talking about, and then we'll, we'll get back to the conversation. So this 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 coming up is a sort of two minute clip that uh, that Travis has uh, supplied us, which is an excerpt from the show, and it very much features Jeff Goldblum. Yes, yes. Uh, excuse me. Hey, I'm going to uh, just be gathering gathering some wood, and uh, while I do, I often often uh, sing a, a little elven tune to myself. Please forgive me if I indulge. Oh, great. <laughs> You'll have to teach us some elfin parlor songs. Here's a little uh, a parlor tune. <laughs> it's it's three-part harmony. See if you can see if you can join in if you've got uh, the ear for that kind of thing. That's quite fun. Do you know any more? Hey, Gail, what if he's one of those elven wizards, huh? But maybe someone should be listening to me here. Uh, here, here's another one. Uh, wait, wait, here, 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 I know, this, this makes good harmony. Wait a second, oh, I know it. Um. Sorry, I did it, I knew I was going to do it. No, I'm quite enjoying this. What the have just happened. Okay, Balmer, who stated that he was a skilled woodsman, began to search for viable branches with Ildrix, while Glom, Gale, and Soren set up a camp area, clearing out the snow. <laughs> what? Feel free to join in there. That's also a good round. So that that was a clip from from season two of Dark Dice. So the question remains: How on earth does one get a Hollywood star to appear on your podcast? I, I mean, I'm I'm still reeling, reeling from the like the orchestral arrangements. I remember when, like, the, I yeah, remember when the news dropped. It was like ah. you know the the whole internet just just like looked slack jawed at, at the at their screens. Going, did I just read that right? <laughs> well, my monocle popped yeah. right out, and that was like, yeah, yeah. So, experience. We had some sort of like two prongs from that too. People thought we were a new podcast or from California mm. or like related cool. to him or something. We're like, no, no, we've been around for years. You just haven't heard of us. Existed. That was it's funny. Like having to defend my indie cred from inside my mother-in-law's sewing closet. <laughs> like, no, I don't have a house. I'm the stereotypical podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, right. what's, it, what's it like working with a? Is it uh, is working with a Hollywood star different to working with like? Uh, regular gamers or is it or does, does Jeff like throw himself into it how, do, how does it how does it work I, I mean the I, question I we're all asking is oh, how yeah. much of a raw slur is Jeff 
how much how much rules <laughs> I, I would say uh, I'm, I'm rules light in my games I don't usually emphasize rules so I, I couldn't be sure if he's a rules lawyer it was really organic and smooth <laughs> okay in terms of what working with Hollywood people in general is like I can't say but for Jeff himself specifically I can it was like he knew who he... Well, he didn't know who you were. It was, it was like weird because he walked in. He was impressed to be chatting with us. Mm. Uh, my wife isn't in this season, mm. Caitlin, who's... Uh, mm. uh, her character is long gone for reasons you'll find out in season one if you listen. Uh, mm. But she was outside the door and he's like, hey, where's Caitlin? Where's Caitlin? And I was like, she's hiding outside the door listening to this. He's like, oh, get her on, get her on screen. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was, uh, he was really excited to be there with us as much as we were with him, yeah. uh, which it was Sounds like really he's quite cool. a fan then. I, I think so. It was, yeah. uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he, yeah. he, from interviews I've read, he works with people that he likes. Mm, and yes. the pitch that I'd sent was a pretty good, uh, mm. hey, here's what you could potentially be on our show. We'd love to have you nice. on this. What do you think? And it's, it's really uh, fun working. Yeah. But no one said no. And he, yeah. he sort of like fell into the idea of it quite easily. I mean, I don't know whether he's an actual uh, gamer or not, but did, you know, did it just right. work well, easily he, and organically? He, was he's, it? he's playing a role playing game like, not quite as we speak, but currently. So yeah, I think that mm. I think he is, in fact, a gamer. <laughs> I, th- I think it's safe to say. I, I don't know that he identifies as a gamer, but I think ah. that he is a he's someone who enjoys new experiences and uh, also acting is a thing he loves. Mm. So being mm. uh, a few miles in someone else's shoes yeah. is yeah. Uh, is thing that he takes on very naturally. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got. I haven't seen it, but he's got a TV show where he tries out different yep. things, hasn't he? What's that? What's that called? The world according to Jeff world Goldblum. To he Jeff actually Gold- larps in yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's 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 where I heard about it. So um, yeah. he actually actively seeks out new experiences and basically films films him like encountering these these yeah. these, these, these different things. I, I yes. yeah, that's the kind of person he is. I, so again, yeah. like I can't speak to the general Hollywood mindset, mm. but Jeff is. Uh, we have a lot of parallels in how we experience the world. Yeah, that's very egotistical for me to say, but. You're talking with me, so that's like the comparison I can give you. Yeah, sure, um, sure, sure. He's he's very genuine and friendly, yeah. and uh, he's got a lot of fun off-topic stories yeah. that are ridiculous and and fun. Uh, so it's it's the experience itself was like playing D and D with a group of people, and you you forget who you're dealing with when you're in the room with him because it's yeah. like. Mm. It, oh, it's just Jeff. He's, he, he's, 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 really, he's got a really committed presence. Like he's here for the he's here for the game, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And to just be his character as much as he can. Mm. That's how. So, like, you just started recording season two. Is that right? Uh, we've actually recorded everything through like season oh. three or four. Uh, we're, oh. We've recorded ahead because uh, I do it in like six hour chunks. <laughs> Yeah, it was okay. heavily edited and heavily because I wanted to talk to you a bit about the production values and stuff. Mm. Because, yeah, I mean, what what are the things you got? You got a uh, choir. Oh yeah, we forty person choir, the Budapest uh, scoring choir. They're fantastic, <laughs> and uh, our friend Stephen introduced us to them, yeah. and they sing our our lyrics that we write and translate into weird languages. <laughs> and them being not native English speakers also mm. really helps out with things like you know when they're speak- singing Elvish mm. or when they're singing Icelandic or Infernal with a lot of the yeah. yeah consonants that we don't have in english yeah and then you've got this big voice cast as well which is like 20 yeah. or more different people isn't it it's a oh yeah, yeah the actors the voice actors from all around the world sort of thing oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so my my day job is i make a podcast called the white vault mm. and that's a horror podcast oh. and we make oh. a couple of those um but they're all free oh. they're all audio fiction scripted uh dark dice is improvised but mm. as a result we know these actors in all these different countries actually the cast of dark mm. dice was the cast of the white vault mm. for our icebreaker but oh. um that was how this sort of started. Yeah. 
<laughs> we we know all these people and we love working with them and their voices are so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yes. now that our characters are finally leaving the woods, which is like, okay, mm. you're you're in the woods, you encounter um, monsters. Now that we're encountering like people, they're going more urban, mm. we can start to tap into these actors that we've been working with for years yeah. and we love working mm. with and their voices are so unique and we can use language and we can use accents to inform the listener of where they are mm. in our world, mm. which is really yes. fun. Yeah. So when, when you're recording, do you do the voices originally and do they re-record oh, yeah. over the top? Yeah, so I, I do the original voices. I'm not my terrible uh, accent of trying to impersonate yeah, yeah. usually the actor I've got in mind because yeah. uh, yes. I, I think of them and then uh, afterwards basically goes through a round of editing to cut out lots of silences mm. and like all the rule stuff that's relevant to the story but like you just want to catch non-redundant information yeah. right you don't want to hear yes. please roll for this roll for what roll for this okay yeah. I'm going to roll for this mm. and then mm. they roll and then they verify the number and they add the math so it's just like they have to roll for this number yeah. so yeah. that's yes. saves us like easily 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> of, of redundant information you didn't really care for. And that's transcribed uh, after by one of our actors, uh, Hem Cleveland from Lucky Die. I, I had noticed you got like transcriptions for your podcast, which that is a lot of work. That is, that, work, that, yes. been, that is huge. Not, yeah. right. It's hours of work. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think I read somewhere that it's like uh, it takes four times as long to transcribe something as it hmm. does to record it. So if you've got an well, hour's worth of yep. record, it's going to take you four hours to transcribe that. Yeah, it's, but that's like for maybe two people talking. Mm. If you've got, oh, I don't know, a big pile of people it's talking, it's going to be even worse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially if things get when things get excited and everyone's all jabbering really quickly and try all talk at the same time. Yeah, so um, I mean, like, and you bring in the, the choir after the event, obviously as well. In the, oh yeah. yeah we- well, actually, kind of before, I, after we record the session, I know what songs I need, yeah. and then we start writing. Mm. Uh, I, I work with a couple people. There's actually an episode we do just about the music. Mm. So I work with those people, Stephen Malin, Brandon Boone, and we try and figure out, and Mike Petrie, uh, from time to time, basically what we're going to need. So it's like, okay, we need a battle th- track that's going to be a few minutes in length. It's exactly, I, I guesstimate, because I haven't edited it mm. yet, what it's going to be when it's cut down, like, say, five mm. minutes. So we'll need five minutes of battle music, and Stephen sends me some stuff, and then it's like, okay, well, thank you for the cool like choir samples. I'm going to write to your number of syllables in a language and then translate it to another language yeah. that'll hopefully match the syllable count and we'll uh, we'll get it there. Yeah. So that's all like simultaneously happening. Uh, I haven't even edited Thursday's episode right. uh, that comes out next Thursday because I still have to edit it together with all the pieces that we've been assembling. So it's it's a, <laughs> it's a process. So what is the turnaround on the on the process? So you record the session. Which presumably yeah. takes you mm-hmm. like for like a few hours to record record a session. Yeah. But then from mm-hmm. that moment, you've got to get the music in there. You've got to edit it down. You've got to get the music in yep. there. You've got to get the voice actors to re-record your bits, and then get yep. those in there. So what? How long does it take to do all of that? That's a lot of work. Um, uh, probably per finished hour of what you hear or so. Um, you're looking at maybe. 26 plus hours wow. on land probably more yeah. um, probably closer to like double that honestly so a couple of days that's, that's hour, for yeah. scripted podcasts because yeah. you just like have a script but then on top of the fact we've actually recorded once and then on top of the fact that we have it edited down so many times mm-hmm. um, and then the transcription process is a bit of a hell and then also I'll edit the transcripts because 
there are things where I give info dumps, and I think it's mm. really boring if I, the DM, give an info dump mm. when it's something yes. the characters could be saying. So they'll re-record yes. the same info dump, yeah. but from the character's perspective, and that sounds oh. so much better. Yeah, yeah, it does. yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. So that's it, the stuff. Quite, it's, it's hard getting the info out to the characters to do that in a regular tabletop game. I think I've had a little bit of success in one-offs by basically writing it out because <laughs> yeah. I've known how it all fits together mm. so they can say oh this random piece of information is certainly relevant it's yeah. like yes <laughs> but interesting because yeah. your podcast is free yeah you've oh, got yeah. all of this going into it how, how can you mm. manage that I mean that sounds like mm. an expensive thing to make oh. All of the favors that I am owed. Well, I can only assume you have some sort of sponsorship. We've had um, Little Red Dot, who does the Twitch stream for Cobalt Press, coming on. So we know sponsorship is an important part of getting this sort of massive production underway. I wish we had sponsorship. No, we're, oh. we're just fully indie. Our, our biggest sponsors are what's called Patreon, where people yeah. support us on a monthly yes. recurring basis, but it's for our okay. other shows. <laughs> it, okay. uh, it doesn't, this is my hobby show, uh, essentially. So my salary, which is meager and as if I was working a normal job, is basically my budget. Mm. But for the most part, it's, right. it's not like even that because I'm, I'm calling in all the favors that I right, possibly yeah. can to make the show possible. Yeah. So it's more of a barter system than anything else. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, it's, it's incredible okay. in that. The production values, I think, mm. are... I mean, I from all the actual play podcasts I've listened to, your production mm. values, I think, are by far the most lavish. Mm. I mean, there may be some others out there that Thank do you. the same, but I haven't heard them. So I'm not saying necessarily they don't exist. So don't don't at me. Don't write in. <laughs> but, um, Please at me if there are better <laughs> ones. I want to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> at, at Travis. Um, but... Um, it's just it's just like such a rich kind of professional polished experience. Thank you. It's it's really uh, it, the the biggest burden falls on my shoulders as the sound designer mm. and editor and also the DM. Yeah. So I if we were not a free podcast, you'd be paying someone I would be paying someone like me to do all that stuff. Yeah. And that's the part where the difference in sound comes in. The music is amazing and awesome, and I, I love and, and appreciate Stephen. We, we work with him on other stuff where he is paid, and that's fantastic. And so he's he's got his his stream of, of being okay, and I can I can barter system with, with mm. Stephen because um, he's wonderful. Uh, but really, with the the bulk of the cost is in my time and mm. uh, Hem's time as the transcriptionist. So the mm. or, uh, V as she's known in the Lucky Die community. Uh, so the the real heaviest part is on our shoulders to, to make that happen. And our cast is actually willing to, to come in and my, my promise to them is if you join our show, I'll make you sound as good as humanly possible or, you know, whatever species you yeah. are in the show. I will make you sound great, uh, but I, I really will need your time at the most inconvenient moments and like <laughs> just to do pickup lines for like grunts because your character got punched and I forgot to have you record that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some of those are really brutal, but it's it is a lot of hours and I'm putting them in. Mm. I, I'm very happy with the, the end result and pleased with it. And also because of the nature of how we do things uh, with music. Mm. Um, we're able to remix our own songs multiple times in different ways to produce different outcomes yeah. and use it uh, uniquely. So we can stretch a 15-minute soundtrack for like two hours and not have the audience realize that it's the same songs mm. because we're remixing them uh, each time. Yeah. That being said, the new episode coming out Thursday features a new piece of music that was written specifically for the episode that wasn't the musical that was improvised. Right, right. Um, which we're, we're pretty proud of. Um, so you say you've already recorded like season two, three, and four. How long is season two? Yep. How many episodes are we are we looking at? 
Uh, it was eight sessions, but so far, eight like, I, I don't know how that's going to break up each session. The, the first half, uh, or the first session, I guess we'll say before we took a break, I've cut it into, it's probably gonna be three episodes. Mm-hmm. I was, was going to be two, and it still might be two. I, I haven't figured out <laughs> how long this episode's going to be, if I'm going to cut it off right. at the 30-minute mark, or if it's going to go up to be an hour, because people may not be happy. So with it's possibly going to be between 15 and 20 episodes, maybe, in total. Then. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be too ridiculous. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But we also like stick stuff in sometimes, like this this Pride Month episode, because it's Pride oh. Month, we were like, oh! crap it's pride month so we're we're making references to like the erotic fan fiction we found online and we we added like a couple of scenes in like a nightmare one of the characters is a nightmare that we just sort of wrote mm-hmm. and it's ridiculous to make uh light of of some of the weird fan fiction we've read out there yeah okay so did, did <laughs> yeah. goblin survive to the end of the season that's the no question. spoilers <laughs> I, I, yeah i was gonna say it's a spoiler i, I don't want to ruin that for anybody okay. i don't know he, he just can't get the help sometimes, Travis. If Jeff help. Goldblum, yeah. if Jeff Goldblum survives to the end of the season, would he come back for another season? I or would have say, just one? if he survives, he very likely would. Right. Yeah. Okay. And if he dies, just, uh, well, he probably maybe, still maybe wants a to come back as a different character. Anyway. Like he's <laughs> yeah. an actor and has some sort of range thing where he could play a different character. No, we're, we're pretty funny. We, we usually don't have we don't have actors back if they die. It's very sad, and we've lost quite a few of our cast in the first season. Oh no! Oh, like oh, that is sad. That is sad. Vanished from the game. Yeah, well, and they're also really good friends of mine now. That we've become really yeah. good friends over the years. So it's like ah. Oh, I saw this. I thought I saw this joke somewhere. It might be you that shared it. Peter, I can't remember, maybe not, but it was about the D&D movie and it said that every uh, NPC, every um, character that's not one of the heroes in it should be played by the same actor, just wearing a different hat. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, occasionally, if any of the heroes die, the next scene, another hero should turn up played by the same actor. (laughs) And nobody will mention that they look exactly the same as the last one. Like oh, that. I, I think that was on the uh, Guild Facebook page, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I can't remember that, where I saw it now. That, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good, yeah. 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 No, it's got to be sad then. If a character dies, the actual the actual player gets written out of the show. That's harsh. We, we actually, it, it's quite emotional for the show because it's yeah. high stakes. When we lost it our is. first character, we had a funeral, like a full-blown, mm. like they wrote a song for her after the fact, oh. you know, because they didn't improvise oh. a song. And the song they wrote, like, it just won an award, um, an Audioverse oh. award. And the funeral song, like, made a bunch of people cry. Because it's, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, a character died. Oh, yeah, well, make sure all, she has everything important on her body and then, like, move on. That's what most people do. Because um, mm. loot is important and, and magic items are important. But then, like, mm. the actual weight that someone's gone kind of yeah. hits you in this mm. game. Because yeah. she's just off the show. Yeah. yeah. And then oh, that the, yeah. is... But then again, in my games, when mm. someone dies, um, I, there's a trapdoor under their chair, and that <laughs> drops them into a piranha, <laughs> a tank full of piranhas. <laughs> well, I'm serious about my games. Well, um, I do have one question, Russ, which is, have you remembered to feed your piranhas during lockdown? <gasps> no! No! Well, you see, there's Zoom. a bunch of sad piranhas. <laughs> Smelly fish. Skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So... You, when you were, you announced that Jeff Goldblum was going to be in season two of your show, oh, man. did you just, I mean, like the attention you got must have been immense. Did you suddenly just like get like buried under an avalanche of people reaching out to you to talk to you so about So let, let me clarify, it, the whole production thing of like what I do for my day job is myself and my wife. It's the two of us, Caitlin and, yeah. and Travis, Fool and Scholar yeah. Productions. We were getting 50 plus notifications every hour 
on Twitter wow. alone, not including Instagram, not including Facebook, not including emails. It became a full-time nonstop job with four hours of sleep, literally just four hours of sleep for wow. both of us for the next five days. We did nothing wow. but reply, re- like reactive, like just trying to keep the yeah, everything happening. Yeah. And, and there, like, yeah. there are little nuances where people are like, you know, trying to, like, oh man, this is like some Hollywood thing. They're taking over our game. I'm like, no, we're not Hollywood. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are the opposite of Hollywood. <laughs> uh, we're, yeah. we're just very lucky. Uh, so it was like yes. a bit of a bit of narrative, like uh, I don't want to say putting out fires, but like making sure that people actually understand what the story is, because it's yeah. people have perceptions, and it's like if you read the article, it would have made more sense, but they yeah. were not going to, and that's yeah. fine. Um, but it was like that, but then inquiries for like interviews. Um, we actually have, uh, I know I can't say the word Kickstarter, but we're going to be doing something with a, a 25 millimeter miniature line of our first and second season characters, like later in the year, which we're super wow. excited about, um, with a company that knows what they're doing. Mm. There have been some really cool windfalls to come out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, have you been, I presume you've been featured in some more mainstream press as well, not just the sort of geek blogs and game sites. Have We've you, never been you, featured yeah. in the geeky sites, so this is all oh. big to us. It's, like, it's fantastic. Uh, it, it's also really interesting when, like, you know, we've, we've had the high level of quality, which I think attracted Jeff to the project yeah. for, for so long. We have a fairly large listenership, or we had a fairly large listenership at the time. Uh, and then the first thing that everyone hears about us is Jeff is on your show. And then it's like, okay, that, that is very newsworthy. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Would you like to hear more about the show? And then people are yeah. always yeah. Uh, getting them into it. It's It's been really cool, though. And also a lot of new people have found our show or D&D because we introduce a lot of people to Dungeons and Dragons, which is a lot mm. of fun. That um, is fantastic. It, through just this whole thing happening. And that's been a really great uh, effect. I, I didn't think it would yeah. be as big news as it was when we got Jeff to join our show. I thought it was just something that I was interested in and it would be fun. <laughs> I didn't think of the the repercussions in the positive sense of like, oh, this is going to get press. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that had never occurred to me. No, you know. <laughs> so, Jeff, Jeff aside, are there any other sort of celebrity or Hollywood actors that are like, just like your dream kind of, how cool would it be if I could get this person? Is there anyone else on your... In your sort of head list. That's a, that's a good question. Honestly, I thought about this for a long time, and I was either going to approach Jeff or like the alternative is someone no one has ever heard of is just a friend of mine. Like those are my two options of right, like so who's going to be on the one. show. Yeah. And we we <laughs> snuck the the other guy uh, actually is one of the Elven guys who fights Jeff's character and gets murdered yeah. by him. Because I was like, oh, since you're not on the show in, in this season, we'll have you get murdered by Jeff yeah. Goldblum. He's like, it's my dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's a podcast, so really it's about the voice. I'm trying to think of like actors with distinctive voices that would be amazing, like William Shatner or someone like that would be fine. Just because he's got, or Christopher Walken or someone that's got a really distinctive voice. Maybe uh, Sigourney Weaver, I think, would be my only other take if oh, I could think of one. She's she's one. fun. Good she called one. me cute when yeah. I was a baby when we met once briefly for like oh, five really? seconds at a restaurant. Really, really. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I'd love to meet Sigourney Weaver. Um, but we, we had Ashley Birch on our show, actually, also uh, before uh, she was on Critical Role on our other mm. podcast, Liberty uh, Vigilance, mm. which is our first attempt at an actual play with all the editing. And we had like Space Ghost as an NPC on that one, the voice of Space Ghost Ooh, and the voice of yeah. uh, Duke Nukem and uh, a couple of right, other right, yeah. like people. But we it was, again, like no press, uh, nothing. No one really picked up on it. So I wasn't expecting the story with Jeff to really 
pick up, which was just surprising to me. I, I know now thinking back, it's like, oh yeah, people have heard of Jeff Goldblum. Not many people yes. know who Space Ghost is or Duke Nukem yeah, comparably. Yeah. But like, yeah. oh, so you wanted to you wanted to talk about something else as well, which yes. is your upcoming oh. supplement. Yes, yes, we are releasing a uh, a fun little thing, uh, a brief history of undeath. Uh, but it's it's basically a and D uh, aside that will be available on Drive Through RPG, a class option called the True Necromancer, and the idea mm. is basically you can summon these servants. You've got D one D four H hit hit dice, so your, your your hit points are super low, and you're using your hit dice to summon creatures that will keep you alive in theory, and uh, right. hopefully buffering your your limited HP by stealing the life of others into temporary HP. Hmm. That's just mean yes <laughs> oh it's it doesn't have to be mean see necromancy well, isn't always evil sometimes you could be working with the body of a loved one who promised to protect you even until after death you can augment well, that one guardian i i do hear what you're saying but you do have a content warning of this supplement includes themes of death mortality and death and body horror and mentions cannibalism desecration of the dead physical and spiritual torture and possession Oh, that's true. We always have to put the warnings that, in the front, just in case. Like, I'm having difficulty reconciling a lot of these with, like, your ethical necromancer. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we wanted to make it so you, the freedom to do what you, you want to do. We also have, like, uh, sidebars on, on consent, because you're uh, there's basically three paths. You can go the path of uh, bone, the path of uh, the corpses, or, or spirit. Right. And spirit has a lot of, like, you can leave your body and possess others, or have mm. others possess you willingly. So yeah. it's there's a lot of consent issues that come up with people regarding agency in their characters that are, it's very important to address. Mm. Mm. But we sort of touch on the topics of those sorts of things. Or like there's a, there's a spell in D and D where you can literally trap someone's soul in a, a jar. Mm. Mm. Uh, so by touching on those things, we want to make sure that we don't uh, upset people because we're, we're here yeah. to have fun. I think even in yeah. a horror, if you go into a haunted house, you're there to have fun, even though you want to get scared. Yeah. And the intent of horror D and D, which is basically what i run on dark dice is for yes. all the players to have uh fun but for the audience also to follow mm. us on this journey we put like the content warning mm. so you know if you don't like vomiting sounds it'll say like there's a vomiting sound from here to here on the show like you can skip it it's totally easy or you know mm. fingernails breaking backwards maybe that's too gross for you Ooh, that's okay right. skip so back you just say so you're just saying that is enough for me like <laughs> we, we, we get into some dark stuff but we don't have to always follow all the dark stuff and we make it avoidable yeah. and uh by letting people know what they could uh, encounter we sort of mentally brace ourselves for what we could read i'm just looking through your necromancer book and you say you say it's a little thing but it's not a little thing it's 53 pages it's quite a it's quite well, it's got magic items thing. too and and some no. dark designs yes. to make each character a little yeah bit so you've got a full so yeah so you've got a full class you've got time you've got subclasses you've got loads of different bits but what i yeah. just wanted to call out was the artwork oh, thank you because the artwork is gorgeous all the way throughout i mean just like i'm just looking at the very first picture which is um looks like uh is that a mind flayer with some kind of creature behind it oh uh yes uh that's actually dm's guild uh creative Commons, uh, not creative commons but it's uh it's used licensed yeah. by dungeons and dragons so that's right. that's okay. what we didn't do but we do have some original artwork the cover is original and the three primary necromancers you'll see represented are also uh by marcel mercado who did the jeff goldblum uh balmer character piece mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So what else? What else would we find in this book then? What else is there? Because we've got fifty-three pages of stuff there, so we've got yeah. lots to talk about. So uh, uh, we've got the class I've, itself. <laughs> I think mechanically, it's quite interesting. It looks like uh, I haven't had a chance to like really go over it, but it looks like you've gone with sort of a, 
a warlock chassis um, and then adopted it to be more in line with uh, a necromancer flavour. I particularly like the fact that you can actually have undead minions at level 2, which is a big change from regular D&D where you can have them at level 5. <laughs> mm, yes, uh, it really becomes important. I, I think the, the warlock parallel is a good one. We wanted to have, uh, instead of the... Uh, what are the warlock uh, patron boons? It's uh, we we have dark designs. It's kind of similar, yes. but they're hmm. not required to survive. But they will greatly enhance your odds of survival. And it's not a, it doesn't have to be about spawning a bunch of creatures to throw at your enemies. It's hmm. it's really because if they hit you, you're you're kind of toast yeah. uh, in, in a lot hmm. of instances. And then uh, yeah. these are your abilities that allow you to do you you interact with the world, not with your own body. So you have to basically be the the super glass cannon where you hide in the back and your your summons aren't even particularly powerful unless you go path of uh bone um so it's, it's really about uh using necromancy in the way that you need to so you can be a necro detective mm. you can summon spirits and uh you know ask them questions and learn more which is a bit different than your typical like i'm gonna raise a bunch of ghosts and attack you sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. you about the glass kind of bit i haven't seen d4 hit points <laughs> D4 hit dice for a character for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, takes me all the way back to um, the days of wizards being taken out yeah. by house cats. Well, ah, the, uh, yeah, the house the cats. Sub- <laughs> the subclasses here. So we've got the path of bones, path of spirits, path of the corpse. And those are the original art pieces I was talking about. Yeah, they're nice. Uh, they are very nice. Yeah, and so what, what else? What else is there in it? We've got a whole bunch of spells, have we? Yeah, we've got some new spells that are uh, disgusting and delightful. I'm trying to remember what they disgusting do. Disgusting and delightful. Yeah, uh, it it's a clarifier. It's it's an important one. Uh, let me just find <laughs> that real quick. Yeah, I've got the list here. So, bone worms, control skeleton, reform flesh. Yeah, skeletal I, harmonics. Oh, those are fun. Yeah, so like you can you can rip somebody's skeleton right out of them. Uh, there are ones where you can uh, create a lair. There's uh, one that allows you to. Oh man, what's my favorite one? Basically, take control of other undead creatures uh, that aren't yours because it's mm. it's like gives you a slighter edge over other people who have a necromancy spell, as it were. Mm. Things of that nature. We also have a bunch of magic items that are a little bit dark, yeah. but they're quite fun. Uh, yes, and, and exploring the candle. Oh, that's fun. You can Very nice. see things. Uh, it's powered by HP, which is... Mm-hmm. There we go. The Dark Lantern. Ooh. That was from Ooh, our show. Nails of the Stitch. Did you have an Ossa Stitch Remedian in your current uh, lineup? Uh, on our current show, we, we don't have a Necromancer yet in this season. We have plans for one next season, uh, oh, which we're nice. excited to... Uh, actually, our, our medium is the character. Right. It'll be voiced so by when is, this, when, when, when is this going to hit DM's Guild then? When can we get it? Uh, we're submitting next week. So it should be right. if we submit Tuesday, it should be up by Thursday or Friday, right and release of the show. Uh, it will also okay. be on our Patreon page early because we love playtesting and making sure that we can iron everything out. And if they see a typo, <gasps> oh no, yeah. I'll fix it. Okay, cool. <laughs> You know what will happen is you will publish it, and then a few days later, you'll have another look at it, you'll open it up, and the very first thing you'll see is a typo, because that happens to me every single time without fail. Absolutely. 
anything I write. It just it's just the law. It's just nowhere around. We're it also going to expand it by another like thirty or so pages or or, or so um, with just different creatures of undead that you can become, like a worm that walks, or you can mm. become a lich, or you can become a vampire, uh, and just mm. rules on how to go after these different paths uh, as it pertains to the D and D multiverse. Yeah. Um, it it won't be done by this Thursday, but we'll be adding it. So if you purchase it, it'll be like update and then ping, and it'll have it yeah. in your yeah. book. Yeah. Season one is finished. Mm. Is any of the content from that season, can we buy any of it in any kind of form, like an adventure Ooh, or a supplement yeah. or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. The first season of Dark Dice uh, is, is available in a, in a campaign adventure called Domain of the Nameless God. It's a fun horror Ooh. delve with our optional rules for sanity, and it is on the DMs Guild, uh, available now. And it's a platinum Ooh. bestseller. Wow. So we'll be releasing an update very shortly with new maps and artwork uh, within the next month. So be sure to check it out and uh, enjoy it. It's all, lots of original artwork in that one as well. Uh, actually, that, that some of is, it has won awards. That is a mm. fantastic name as well. It's got a real now Sproulic and Colton vibe to it. Uh, oh, sort thank of you. Mixing of Lovecraft and d d which I've got to say, I'm here for. I'm very glad to hear it. Thank you. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on. It's been real fun talking to you. Likewise. Yes. Um, I cannot wait to dive into Ooh. Dark Dice Season 2. It's going to be hilarious, I think. And and not just hilarious, dramatic and horrifying and all those other things that, that, that it needs to be. There are disturbing twists that will happen. <laughs> well, I will look forward to that. Yeah. All right, thank you so much. Anyway, it was, it's been real fun. I really enjoyed that. I think that's the show. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Oh, wow. Hmm. I, mean, I was getting Batman Forever vibes, like you're the minion, not, not this. <laughs> what, just, wow, from, just from the word forever? <laughs> well, I was like, you know, okay, you're the, you're the minions of like the Joker or right. Bane, and you're going through a city. Like, I, I that would, was what I was thinking. I, I would not like that. to be a mini, minion of the Joker. I feel like no, that, no. that sort of the life expectancy in that job is kind of limited. Well, maybe he's I got a really that. good healthcare and dental plan. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he pretty much needs it. <laughs> he's got his teeth all the time. Excellent. Yeah, an excellent yeah. employer. Maybe. Yeah.